your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to our first segment. I am Gil Martin in for John Chick, and uh, we want to also take this opportunity to wish John uh, congratulations on the birth of his child. So uh, he's out on paternity leave, and uh, John, congratulations. Best of luck to you and and on your new family. So uh, great news there. Yes, the, the name that you all see on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, is not John, um, but he is here in spirit with us. Um, but of course, you know, we do have Gil of Lockdown Islanders here. And you now to preview this very interesting first round series we got here, Gil, between the Penguins and Rangers, first time they're playing in the playoffs uh, in six years. Yeah. And, you know, these are familiar playoff foes over the years, but uh, first time in a while. And, you know, the big story coming out of Pittsburgh now, goaltending, uh, Tristan Jarry not going to start the series. What can you tell us about his status and how does this affect the Penguins going forward? So for the last two and a half weeks, he has been week to week, but today Mike Sullivan changed that. He's now day to day. So that's better news, but he's not going to be playing in games one and two. He has the broken foot. He's been rehabbing off the ice, has not gotten back onto the ice yet. And the Penguins are almost several teams at this point that are doing with really big goaltending problems. Um, UC Soros looks to be out for the Predators against the Avalanche. Frederick Anderson is not going to be ready for the Hurricane Series against the Bruins. Um, just, you know, really bad timing for some of the best goaltenders in the league this year. Um, so if I don't know if he's going to play in this series yet. Um, it's not looking good um, as of right now. If he does appear, I would assume it would be, you know, a lot later in the series, maybe game four, game five. Game six, somewhere around those lines, but it's going to be Casey DeSmith to start, and you know, you, you know, he's going to have to re really play well if the Penguins, um, if the Penguins want to win this series, because you know they do come into this as the underdog, rightfully so. I, I know I read Dom's preview on the Athletic that has the Penguins as fifty-six percent favorites, even with Casey in there, but you know, with how the Penguins have played the last two or three weeks, um, and how the Rangers have played during that time I, I would still favor the rangers but yeah definitely you know, the one injury that i don't think the penguins could have afforded this time of year was to you know a, a, a goaltender who was playing at almost a vesna level for most of the season talk to me about casey DeSmith. how is he different style wise from uh tristan jerry and playoff experience wise what does he bring to the table or what does he lack so i mean he has no playoff experience <laughs> that's that's the bad thing um, but, you know, he's a lot smaller of a goaltender, um, doesn't take up as much of the net. Um, you know, he, his movement has gotten a lot better as the season has gone on. I think, honestly, his overall play has gotten better as the season goes on. And, you know, he's going to have to play the best hockey of his NHL career if the Penguins want to advance um, in this series. I mean, you know, he was at a really rough place um, back in, you know, mid-January, early February, where um, you know, his save percentage was below 900, and they were taught there was talk that the Penguins were going to go out and get a veteran backup at the deadline. But you know, he turned his game around, rightfully so, um, and, and played well. Um, he had, I think, over a 920 save percentage from um, March all the way till the end of the regular season. Um, was saving, I think, five or six goals above expected. You know, actually, actually playing like an adequate backup goaltender. Now, when your team needs you the most. You're going up against the best goaltender on the planet, a goalie who's going to not only win the Vesna Trophy, but could also potentially win the Hart Trophy because he put the Rangers on his back this year and was that freaking good. I mean, it's it's crazy how they have a Favre to Rogers kind of thing in net. Um, for those that watch the NFL, um, just with Lundquist retiring, and oh, this, they're basically a clone of him 
comes right in. So, you know, the Rangers obviously have the goaltending edge in this series. No one is going to dispute that. Heck, even if Jari was ready, um, they would still have the goaltending edge, even if Tristan was um, ready to go. But, I mean, you know, this is he's he's going to have to really, you know, go, go full Dominic Hashik here or something if the Penguins want um, want to advance here. Do you think the changing goaltender will change the way the Penguins approach the series? Will they be more tight defensively? Will they try to, you know, protect DeSmith? Or are they just going to say, we're going to play our game and, and we go forward from there? I think, honestly, you know, I mean, Chris Letang talked about this to the media on Sunday and said, you know, we play the same way in front of any goaltender. But I still think they need to tighten up regardless of who is in net. Um, the Rangers, I thought, killed the Penguins during the four games with, you know, in transition, off the rush. The Penguins had a lot of self-inflicted wounds against them that, you know, that's just, that, that's not going to work in the playoffs. You know, the Rangers are one of the best teams, um, you know, in transition, um, and they use their speed to their advantage. The Penguins are not as fast of a team, I don't think, as the Rangers. And if that doesn't change in this first-round series, um, the Penguins are going to get, you know, losing maybe five games. I mean, that's just that's the reality. I think of the situation here, but they they need to tighten up, you know, no matter what. As I just said, I mean, they, they've usually been one of the best defensive teams in the league. I believe they're they've been top five, top ten for most of the season. Down the stretch, it faded a little bit. They started conceding a lot more chances, a lot more high danger chances, I should say. Um, and, that, and that's just that's not been the Penguins' bread and butter for how they've had success in the playoffs. You know, when they're playing their game. You know, they're getting to their forecheck, their, their expected goals rates high, they're finishing their chances, and they're not conceding a lot the other way. That's what the Penguins are going to have to do in this series if they want to win it, um, especially defensively as the Rangers' top six is, you know, it, it's not to be messed with. So um, I, in a way, I kind of want the Penguins to almost, you know, play a little bit of low event hockey. I, I know that's not probably the thing that some fans want us here because, it's very boring to watch. You know, it, it's not where the league is heading. But, you know, with how the Penguins, again, played the Rangers in three of those four meetings, I think they're going to have to slow it down, you know, <clears throat> you know, pl play to their advantages and, you know, see where the game takes it. And that includes playing, being more stingy defensively. Any ideas how the Penguins will try to slow down the top lines <laughs> of Vinajad, Kreider, and Vitrano? I mean, it's all a matter of, you know, if you can get the Rangers, I feel like, to, you know, really try and cycle into the zone, that, that's not their bread and butter. And, you know, they're not bad um, at dumping the puck in. I, you know, I think recovering their their zone entries per 60 minutes, the recoveries, um, it's right around, I think, average. Last I checked before the trade deadline, it was well below average. They weren't really recovering any pucks that they sent into the zone. <clears throat> um, and, you know, again, you know, just not getting beat. Um, in in transition is just such a it's such a key for me in this one and you know I, I really feel like the top line is going to see a healthy dose of Chris Letang and Brian Dumoulin. The Penguins need Brian Dumoulin to get back to his usual self. He has not been good this year. He's looked like a trade candidate, I think, at times. Um, it's just that that is how bad his level of play, <clears throat> um, excuse me, has regressed. Um, so and with Chris Letang, career high sixty eight points, playing some of the finest hockey of his career, honestly at both ends of the rink. Um, I would have to think that Mike Sullivan is going to match up that pairing with the top line. And also I would not be surprised if Sidney Crosby goes out against that line because, you know, defensively his impacts this year have been pretty decent. <clears throat> I mean, you know, he's the older he's gotten, I think the better defensively. He's talked to me about leadership. You guys have a lot of players with Stanley cup experience who are kind of on the back nine of their careers. As far as, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, guys who, 
may not have a lot of opportunities left to win a Stanley Cup. How are they approaching this series, and what leadership do they add? Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they're they're not stupid. Um, I think they've realized that this could be it. You know, Chris Letang spoke to the media today, Cindy Crosby, a couple of days ago, and they said, "Yeah, you know, it's on the back of my mind. They don't want to really want to think about it, but you know, they know that they've been they've played for 16 years together. Uh, it's crazy that's been almost 20 years now, and um, two of the three are free agents after this year, so they're not taking anything for granted. They want at least one more run together where they could potentially hoist the cup and." right off into the sunset if one or both of them um, walks in free agency, even though I don't think both will go. And, you know, I just, I don't think you can ever count out a team that's led by those three um, in a playoff series. You know, I know the Penguins, the vibes right now with the Penguins are not good. They come into this series as the underdog, rightfully so, but you know, their, their leadership, it, it speaks for themselves. It speaks for itself, really. You know, the, the three Stanley Cups, you've been to four Stanley Cup finals, you've been to five Eastern Conference finals. Um, it's that the level of success these three have had um, is second to none. And I, I'm sure in that locker room, you know, when, you know, one or all three of them speak up, um, all the other players are going to listen just because, you know, they're the last three remaining players, you know, even going back to that 2009 cup run, which was their first against the Detroit Red Wings. So, um, you know, I think Sid is going to try to take, they're all, all three of them, I think they're going to try to take the series as personally as they can, especially Sid. Um, you know, he, he didn't play as well as he could have, I don't think in those, Last three matchup against against the Rangers down the stretch, his line was getting shut down a little bit more. Um, he's gonna try to he's gonna want to try to prove some people wrong, I think, in this series. And honestly, just um, the core itself, I think they want to prove the, the doubters wrong, and you know they'll, they'll try to see what happens. All right, uh, when we come back, we will have Hunter asking me some questions about the Rangers. But first, we want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action bet online where the game starts. All right, we are back here on this special crossover edition of the Locked On Penguins and Locked On Rangers podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes. Gil Martin is on the other side filling in for John Chick. So, you know, Gil, um, you know, I, I know you are the Islanders host, but I also know that you watch a heavy dose of Rangers games. I mean, you know, you, you have the book about the rivalry and all that. So, you know, you, you know your stuff when it comes to the Rangers. I think, you know, honestly, I think probably all starts with Igor Shosturkin. He was ridiculous this year, you know, saved almost 30 goals above expected, almost a 940 save percentage, but one of the best seasons we've seen from a goalie in the salary cap era. I mean, you know, for as great as Henrik Lundqvist was, and he was, I mean, I still think he's the best goaltender of his generation. He did not have a season like this in New York. That was just th this stats wise, um, you know, how much of a challenge, you know, I, I shouldn't even really be asking this, but I am, how much of a challenge do you think that, that does, does an opposing team face going up against him? It is tough. I mean, you mentioned the numbers, the 2.07 goals against average, 935 save percentage, six shutouts. And when Shesterkin is on his game, it's just very, very difficult to try to beat him. Uh, I guess, you know, the only advice I would, I would give is try to go high on him. But even that is not easy. He is just so consistent. And and so good, 
you know, without Shesterkin, the Rangers are still a good team, but they're kind of fighting for a playoff berth rather than fighting for first place in the division heading into the last week of the season. He really is a difference maker. And, you know, maybe the only knock against him is he doesn't have a lot of playoff experience at this point. And, you know, maybe the Penguins have to hope that he's a little bit off his game as a result of the, you know, being in the playoffs, you know, high stakes kind of a thing, but it won't be easy. Hope is probably a good word for that. Uh, that's that's definitely, I think, what the Penguins are going to have to hope for. Um, well, just said it again. No pun intended there for that one. But, um, no, talk to me also, Gil, about the Rangers' power play. One of the best units in the league. Chris Kreider was an absolute menace on that unit. I mean, over half his goals came from the power play. And I think the special teams battle is going to be really intriguing in this series, you know, Penguins penalty kill top three in the league, Rangers power play top five in the league. What makes the Rangers power play so deadly, even just outside of Kreider? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you got a, a great power play quarterback like Adam Fox and, you know, he had 33 power play assists this season. They move the puck very well. They have speed. They'll come into the zone uh, with speed and, and sort of make you, chase the puck and, and be back on your heels. And there are just a lot of weapons on this power play. You mentioned Kreider. Uh, Zabinijad also had 15 power play goals. Uh, Artemi Panarin had 32 power play assists. The way they move the puck, the way they uh, just keep they, – they like to kind of tire out the penalty killers with their passes, with their speed. It's not an easy – uh, power play to defense. Yeah, I mean that's very true in, in all aspects. Um, you know, the puck movement is always second to none. I mean, I saw them in four games, obviously against the Penguins this year, and you know that was obviously one of the toughest challenges for the Penguins penalty killers. And you know, you know they they did mostly well, but they're going to really have to do even better in this series if they want to come out on top. Um, the Rangers, you know, they look like a different team after the deadline, Gil. You know, this is a team that are underlying numbers before the deadline. You know, shot attempts for, scoring chances for, expected goals, high danger. In the lower half of the league, those came up a, a good bit in the second half. They got Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg, paid a little, maybe a little bit of a high price. Doesn't matter. You're in a win-now team. Um, you're going to pay whatever it takes to go on a run. Frank Vetrano, noted Penguin killer, uh, has nine goals um, overall against the Penguins, three or four of them this year. So for those that are betting people, I would expect Frank Bertrand to have multiple goals in this series, 100%. And then Tyler Mott, he's not going to be available to start this series, but also a very good, reliable bottom six winger for the Rangers. He got um, injured, I think, in the last Penguins-Rangers matchup um, off of the hit. Um, you know, what have you noticed from their deadline acquisitions that just, you know, has really have really helped them down the stretch? They really, you know, Vetrano stepped right in and he's looking so strong. And you mentioned he's a Penguins killer, which makes the timing even better. But I, I think it just gave them more depth and more confidence up and down that lineup that they knew that, you know, they had players who can score on all all of their lines. And, and you know, there's no break. You, you fear that first line the most, but... You go up and down this Rangers lineup now, especially after the trade deadline. There, there's no uh, easy line that you say, oh, yeah, well, we can take a little break for the next 45 seconds because the fourth line is out there. It, it, there's, there's a nice mix of skill, checking, physicality, 
and and speed up and down this lineup, and it's just uh, I think sort of taking the Rangers to another level after the trade deadline. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that was when I think they really started to get, you know, more results. You know, they were in the thick of it with the Penguins even going into April. But then, you know, once the teams started going in different directions um, is when it really um, – that's just when they, I think they really turned it on. Um, you know, last thing here I, I got for you about the Rangers, you know, the kids, uh, Lafreniere and Capo Caco, not the seasons that maybe a lot of fans were expecting. I mean, I know they're both former top two overall picks in the NHL draft, but I feel like they have, you know, the opportunity here to really make an impact in the Stanley Cup playoffs and, you know, really, you know, just show why they were picked so high in the NHL draft. You know, what are you looking forward to, you know, with them going into the playoffs? Because it looks like both of them are finally healthy now. Kako has dealt with a lot of injuries this year. Lafreniere, he's been banged up a little bit at times, but still been relatively healthy. But, you know, I think it's potentially time for their production to really show here. Yeah, and I, I mean, look, Lafreniere had 19 goals in 79 games, so it's not like he was, uh, you know, terrible. But again, I think part of it has to do with how top-heavy the scoring is for this uh, Rangers team. And, and and Lafreniere didn't see a lot of power play time. Uh, for Kako, I think, yeah, health is the, is the big issue for him. I mean, uh, you know, he was on pace for about 13, 14 goals if he played a complete – 82 game season. Um, this is an opportunity for them to sort of take that next step in their development. We know these are young players who the Rangers are counting on more in a year or two, perhaps, than they are right now. But, you know, you have a big playoff, you step in and, and score a big goal, a game winning goal, or, or take your game to the next level in the playoffs. That sets the table for confidence and for long-term success going forward. So if either one of those kids really step up and, and raise their game in this series, and if the Rangers win it beyond, you know, that that's a notch in their belt and a big step forward in their careers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. You know, I'm going to be curious to see how they do play, you know, and basically they're their first edition of the, of the true um, Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, coming up in our final segment, we're going to get to um, some X-Factor players that could determine the series, some key matchups, and both of us are going to give our respective predictions. Before we get to that, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are filled with your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bars, you can have both, and it's easy. Built Bar makes sure that there is something for everyone. Um, those Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of nut carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can go to Built.com and get all of your favorites like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. Uh, there's an offer right now. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we're back here on this special crossover edition of the Locked On Penguins and the Locked On Rangers podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes. Gil Martin is filling in for John Chick right now. So, Gil, I'll hand the floor over to you. Um, give me a couple of swing players that you think could definitely determine the outcome of this series and a couple of matchups uh, to watch. Uh, you know, the, the player who I think might sort of subtly affect things for the Rangers is Ryan Strom. You know, he's sort of the second-line guy, but he's a 20-goal scorer. He's a good passer. He'll contribute on the power play. Uh, and, 
you know, sometimes when you get into a playoff situation, uh, they try to take away, you know, your best player and you need your second or third line guys to sort of step up. I, I think, you know, if Ryan Strom has a good series, if he steps up, the Pittsburgh Penguins are probably in, in trouble. For, for me, you know, I'll keep with that depth player. And, and I might go Evan Rodriguez here. You know, first half, Evan Rodriguez lit the world on fire. Was someone that you probably would have wanted to run out into an open train in front of just to, like, I don't know, sacrifice yourself or something. But then the second half of the season came and it just, it all fell off a cliff. I uh, had, I believe, four goals in his final 45 games, um, was not the same player. Um, and now, you know, people were ready to walk him to the airport just to go to another team. But, you know, that final game of the regular season against the Blue Jackets, something started to turn around with him, was getting a lot of quality looks, got his 19th goal of the season, honestly could have had a hat trick in that game if some of those other chances went in. If first round Evan Rodriguez comes back healthy, you know, he might be the best depth piece on, you know, from the bottom six from either side, um, in my opinion. Um, he is a very important player to this team. Uh, he's currently... I'm on the fourth line right now, but he might be elevated up to the third line or potentially in the top six at some point. Um, I'm really curious to see how he does in this series. And, you know, I'm, you know, my second player to watch isn't really on the ice. It's, it's Mike Sullivan as the head coach, you know, what, what tactics is he going to, you know, have in place for Gerard Gallant in this series? What adjustments is he going to make? After those four games, I understand, you know, the regular season, you throw it out the window, but still, you know, there was stuff that happened in those games that the Rangers are going to try to repeat. And it's up to the Penguins to not have that happen. And there's obviously new things that the Rangers are going to throw at the Penguins that they're going to have to adjust to. So how does Sullivan, who I think is usually one of the best tacticians in hockey, you know, how does he have his team prepared and, you know, what's the game plan for them? Does he want them to play a little event hockey? Does he really want it to trap it down? You know, what's going to happen there? Um, that's a big one, at least for me. Yeah. And one other thing that I think is a key, key matchup, the Rangers power play ranked fourth in the league, 25.2% success rate going up against the Penguins PK, which is third in the league, 84.4%. If the Penguins can slow down the Rangers' power play, and not too many teams have been able to do it, uh, that gives them a chance to pull off the upset. If the Rangers' power play is getting one or two goals per game in this series, it may not last very long. Yeah, I very much agree with that. You know, another one for me, you know, can Casey DeSmith really rise up to the occasion? If Tristan Jari was in this series, I feel very strongly that it would be a pick slash coin flip. And, you know, maybe it is – Kind of in a way, if DeSmith really elevates his game to that th level that we saw from Tristan Jari, you know, then it's definitely that the Penguins would have a shot. But, you know, until that happens, you know, until we see it potentially in game one, uh, I still would have to think the Rangers are a favorite here. But I, I want to see how he does when the stakes get highest. Is he going to wheel under pressure? Is he going to have a very potential Matt Murray moment from 2016? I don't, I'm not going to say he's going to take the reins for the next few years, but is he going to be like that young goaltender that really – you know, just plays well throughout the playoffs that could potentially give the Penguins um, a spark. Um, if that's able to happen and they're able to get some saves and play well at 5v5, start to finish their chances, something that they really were not doing well during the season, the Penguins ranked in the bottom half of the league um, in finishing, which is last year they were number one in the league. But if that regresses a little bit too, you know, then I think the door really opens up uh, there for Pittsburgh, to say the least. So, Hunter, your pick for the series. 
My pick, um, you know, it's funny. So 2018-19, they played the Islanders. I picked the Penguins to win. They lost. They played Montreal in the bubble a year later. I picked the Penguins to win. They lost. So fool me once, you know, shame on, you know, fool me, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me three times. I did it again. Well, you know, picked the Islanders. I picked the Penguins to win against the Islanders last year. Opposite happened. So I am a pretty superstitious person. Um, but that said, I, I think the Rangers are too better of a team right now. Um, I'm not going to fully drink the Kool-Aid with this. Um, I think the Rangers are going to win this series. I currently have – I think it's going to go seven, but I think the Rangers win it at Madison Square Garden. I originally had it in six, but I was like, do the, are the Penguins really going to lose potentially their final home game of the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era on home ice? My gut you know, told me no. So I'm going to have – I'll take the Rangers, but in seven pretty good games. I don't think the Penguins are going to wilt over. I don't think this is going to be a four- to five-game series. I think they are going to compete. But in the end, I think with how the Rangers are playing, with how the Penguins play down the stretch, um, it's going to be too much. And, you know, maybe I'm doing it because I'm superstitious. But, you know, in a way, I also feel like the Penguins are – I don't think they're going to advance to the second round. I have to go with the Rangers. I'm going with six. I know, you know, the home ice thing, it, it, it's not a good look for the for those three venerable Penguins, all-time great Penguins, to lose their possibly their final game on home ice. But to me, the goaltending is the big difference. Uh, Igor Shosturkin versus Casey DeSmith, and no offense to DeSmith, but at this point in his career, that's not a, a winning matchup for the Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins. Uh, Rangers also have home ice advantage throughout the series. I would even say five, but I know how good Crosby, Malkin, and Latang are, and the rivalry rivalry between these two teams prevents me from saying it's going to be super one-sided. So, to me, it's it's Rangers and six. Yeah, I mean, again, I would I would be pretty surprised. I would say, well, I shouldn't say pretty surprised. I would be surprised if the Penguins do win on this matchup, especially if DeSmith has to play. Um, the entire series but you know this is why as as they say gil you play the games and you know we'll, we'll see what happens but that wraps up this special crossover preview episode between the new york rangers and the pittsburgh penguins uh, my twitter is on the screen for youtube you can follow at hunter hodes um gills is not on the screen so gil tell us where you can follow us on twitter i know john's is on the screen for our youtube users at jchick17 but gil tell everyone where they can follow you uh, I am at Ice Wars NYR VSNYI. That's the name of the book I wrote, uh, Ice Wars, about the Rangers-Islanders rivalry. Uh, so that that's always fun to check out. And uh, this should be a great series. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, exactly. Game one, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro will be on the call on ESPN. And then the series will shift uh, Thursday to TNT. And I'm not sure the commentators right now. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Penguins and Locked on Rangers your first listen every day for the Locked on Penguins podcast of a full game recap after game one on Tuesday. I believe Nick Zararis of the Upper Bowl GM podcast is going to come on and we're going to recap that one as we did a couple of times throughout some of the regular season matchups. Now you can make your second listen Locked on NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You can hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. So this one, thank you all so much for listening and we'll be back on Tuesday.